Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm Skelia Kibler, your host, and I have a wonderful guest today, Kimberly Amici. And she is the founder of Build Your Best Family. And we're going to have a great chat about families and the key ingredients and what you need to know so that you can also build your best family. So Kimberly, welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Excited to have you here. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and pleasure. Oh, well, thank you for being here. And I know our listeners are ready to build their best family because that's what I hope I hope and believe everyone's goal is. Yeah. So first, tell me about you. Do you are you a mommy? You tell me about your kids because okay. I know you are, but tell everybody else. Yeah. So um, I, I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> I do all the things. Um, so my background is in interior design and architecture, um, which I still do on and off throughout the years and different seasons. But for the most part, Um, When I had my first child, I became a stay-at-home mom, and so that was almost 18 years ago, and since then, I've done multiple jobs from home. Now, I write online. Um, I have a podcast, and I do family culture coaching, so I work with families to help them build their family's culture. I have... um, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 17-year-old. So I have gotten past that sort of little kid stage, and I'm starting to see the fruit of some of the things I tried and some of the things I got wrong in parenting. And I've just taken all of that, I'm going to call it wisdom, because I just feel like the things I messed up, the things I got right, (laughs) all of that wisdom. And I've paired it with the training that I've got as a life coach and learning about um, living an intentional life, dealing with mindset issues. And then I've also paired that with sort of my love for business and leadership and the principles that apply to a thriving organization or business culture. And so I've kind of like taken all those things together and I apply it to the work that I do. And I share with people online where I write on the podcast, all the places, all of this amazing stuff that helps us build our families. Exactly. And, you know, and I love what you're doing and I love the culture concept of it all. And I too, you know, uh, coach parents on building these great families and mm-hmm. building a culture and an environment of trust and respect and, and fun. And, you know, and my kids are older than your kids and you're going through that, that teenage life right now with your three kids. My kids are all in their thirties. So I've been through five of them going through teenage life. And I know you definitely see, 
you know, where you went right and where you went yeah. wrong. And, and it's good for parents to realize that even, even parenting coaches mm-hmm. <laughs> have gone wrong. We, mm-hmm. we all make mistakes, you yeah. know, but the beauty of that is also letting your kids know where you make mistakes and that you're also human. Mm-hmm. You know, you are not a God, you are human and Making mistakes is not the end of the world. So that's super important to teach your kids too. Yeah. I even um, let my oldest one know. I'm like, you're my first. I'm going to make all my mistakes right. with you. I'm so sorry. She's like, gee, mom, thanks. And then my <laughs> middle who thinks she has to fight for everything, the feisty one. I'm like, babe, don't worry. I'm going to make all my mistakes on your sister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. I wrote, I wrote in my book. Um, my dedication page, I actually have each of my five kids individually. I say mm-hmm. something and I said, my daughter, who was the oldest, I said, thank you for being my guinea pig. Ah. And I said, I, yeah, I was, I was 24 when I had her and um, she's 38. So you can do the math, but um, I can't do the math, but maybe someone else <laughs> can do the math. <laughs> but, you know, I said, we, we did pretty good except for that fish thing. And Nobody knows what the fishing is because I don't bring it anywhere past that. But basically her goldfish died and I throw it out in the toilet. I flushed it down the toilet before she woke up, which now at 38, she has never let me forget. I mean, this, oh my has, like, <laughs> this has gone on and on and on. So that was like a big parenting boo-boo. Yeah. Do not flush your child's goldfish down the toilet before they oh, even know it died. So heads up everybody. There's your, there's your tip for the day other than what we get into. Yeah. So anyway, you kind of touched on um, your business and, and what goes into your business. Mm-hmm. Why did you even decide to start build your best family? So years ago, um, my husband and I, we were doing all the right things. We were living, you know, the typical life that we yeah, we're living. I mean, we were, we were, uh, we'd recently moved to the suburbs. We'd started having kids, but we quickly found ourselves being overscheduled, disconnected, and just burnt out from being busy. I had become a stay at home mom and I was volunteering for all the things. Cause that's what I thought you were supposed to do. If you were, you know, an at home mom, um, my husband was commuting into the city and working a lot of hours, to just, you know, establish himself and work up the corporate ladder. We were involved in church. We were involved in our community. You know, we were doing all of these things. Um, Our kids were in like, you know, three different sports apiece, one for each season, one for each child. I mean, it was, it wasn't, it was a good life, but it was, we weren't going anywhere on purpose. We were kind of just going with the flow and I just really didn't want to like get to the end wherever that end would be. It could be the end of high school. It could be the end of college. It could be empty, whatever, empty nestry years, whatever. And I didn't want to get to a place where I'd look back and go, how did we get here? Like we didn't get here on purpose. This kind of is just where we landed. And I I didn't love the idea of that. And so I thought that the answer would be to create a mission statement, you know, like, so instead of gaming, let's just get through the week, let's just go through the month. Let's just get through the year. Like, what if we created a mission statement and got somewhere on purpose? And which was a fantastic idea, you know, everyone sort of, it was, it was trending at the time and I was on Pinterest and everyone had a mission statement and me and my husband, we managed to create a mission statement. We put it on the mantle 
And that was the end of that. <laughs> Nothing in our life changed. And as I was doing more research on mission statements and vision statements, and as I was reading books about leadership, I had stumbled upon this idea of culture, that culture is more than just a statement on the wall uh, that, that says what it is that we believe, but it's actually, um, you know, how we make decisions. It gives us right. a sense of longing. Um, you know, it, it just how you live. more than just abstract concepts. It's actually how we're living out day to day. It's what people can expect of us. It's what our children can expect of us. It's what our family and friends can expect of us. And so I was like, wow. And understanding that culture was built small, consistent steps over time. Right. And so I knew that I wanted to take this mission statement that we had worked so hard on, but I wanted it to actually, I wanted to figure out how could we live it? And that's when I took a deep dive into culture and started learning about what makes a culture, what are the components of it, how is it lived out, what makes the difference between a good culture and a bad culture. And specifically, I studied organizations whose culture we know, you know, like if I were to say Amazon, I mean, you can immediately tell me what you can expect from Amazon. If I were to say Costco or Zappos, like strong cultures that you can immediately identify their brand, whether or not you like that brand or shop that brand, you can identify that brand and you know what to expect. Exactly. Like, wow, and the what integrity if, of that brand. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. What if our family, family had a brand for lack right. of a better term? What if we built a culture that produced um, the environment that we wanted? What if we went somewhere on purpose? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I, I can't tell you how many parents I've asked the question to, you know, why did you have kids? And they come back like, well, that, you know, that's what you do after you get married. Yeah. You know, what, what do you want? And and so many people think, you know, there's a funny post that goes around that says, and I'll get it wrong. (laughs) I maybe won't be so funny, but it's basically something like I was a much better parent when I didn't have kids. Yeah. You know, because that you like, imagine this, like, glorious you know life and then you have kids and reality hits mm-hmm. and it's like well this is nothing like I thought it would be but right. most a lot of families you know and I even bet to say most families don't give themselves that mission that purpose they don't create that culture for mm-hmm. their families and they just go along and now we're in elementary school and now we're in middle school mm-hmm. and now we're in high school and now we go to college and blah 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 and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's key for when it comes to culture is if you've done the work, even if you've done the work to identify those things that are important to you, let's say that you have values that are important to you, to actually take that extra step and figure out what those practices are that align with those values matter. Because, you know, I could say we live our lives with integrity, which is one of our, our values. And, but it could mean something completely different to me than it does to my neighbor. Not to say that, I mean, we know what the word means. The definition of the word doesn't change, but what it looks like in our lives might be very different. And so once we realize that you could actually put together um, a set of practices that you could start to, um, that they were measurable and that they were achievable. And once they're measurable and achievable, they can be celebrated and that they can also you can also continue to do them and they're easy. They're teachable. You could teach them with, you know, to your children. And 
it, 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 taking that abstract thought of what we want to be as a family and actually figuring out what does that actually look like for us it changes everything. It allows you to start saying yes to the things that matter, no to the things that don't. It will help you determine how you spend your money, what you're willing to spend it on and what you're not willing to spend it on, what you're willing to go without so that you can actually achieve the things that you want together. And so really taking the idea of mission and then drilling it down more into culture and, um, not just doing what everybody else is doing is it makes a big difference and it really sets your 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 children up for success because Absolutely. they start to develop a sense of belonging right? right they know that they're bigger they're a part of something bigger than themselves and that that just feeds right into their their confidence and their own personal um, care and love for themselves and who they are and who they were created to be, be and the potential of who they can become and i think that that's one of the things that I think is really missing is children just feeling like an accessory more so than a part of what is being built in your family. And then how does that impact, you know, then the next generation? Exactly. And, you know, and you're in the teenage years and I'll tell you that in their brain, you know, one of the primary um, factors in a teenage brain is belonging. And if yeah. your kids do not feel like they belong to your family, they're going to mm-hmm. find a place to belong and it's not going to yeah. be good. Yeah. So that sure. creating that culture where, you know, everyone works together, you're all on the same page. Your kids can not only be seen, but they can be heard and they can mm-hmm. be listened to and their, their thoughts and their concepts can be valued and their ideas are valued and put into place. Mm-hmm. That's what gives kids their their confidence and their real their realization that you know what I do belong in this family. This is yeah. my my world. This is mm-hmm. you know these people respect me and they trust me. And when there's teenagers, there's nothing stronger that you need to put into your child than that because that's when teenagers get lost. And that's oh, when, when they have no, no one to belong to. They don't think they're being heard. You know, yeah. you could ask a teenager anytime, you know, why don't you speak up in your family? Cause nobody cares what I have to say. That yeah. will be their response. Yeah, for sure. Um, like for us, it's even simple as um, we host a small group for our church, or at least we did pre pre COVID. Um, and it was a weekly time where we would come together. And when we would set up, we would not say, oh, mom and dad are having people over. We'd say we're hosting tonight. Like we would use even language that made them know that they were a part of this. And so they, they all know that, that if they're home, they have a role to play. So maybe you're tidying up the mudroom. Maybe you're putting out the snacks. Maybe you're like greeting people at the door and taking coats. Like even if you're not necessarily sitting in on the meetings with us, you are a part of what we're doing. And I often like to remind them, especially if we're hosting or you know having an event or even doing a backyard movie night with friends, I'm like, when we all chip in, these things are possible. I said, we can't do these things if it's just going to be me doing everything. We can do the things we can do because you are contributing, because you are a part of making it work. Exactly. Exactly. And and that whole family culture, that idea of the family meeting, which I know you teach on and I teach mm-hmm. on, is yeah. so important. I mean, yeah. because you know, there are so many and and there are so many parents that forget that vital step in creating a family. Yeah. I mean, that is like major league important. 
Yeah. I mean, because those kids have to know that not only they are part of this family, they have responsibilities that go along with sustaining the family. You know, we live in a home, we need it to be clean, we need it to be organized, we need it, you know, not to be, you know, overtaken by bugs, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody contributes. You don't get paid for all of that because that is part of being a family. You know, I don't even believe in paying kids for your regular chores. There's above and beyond you can pay them for, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, an allowance, if you type that give allowance, Tat teaches money management, but being a responsible part of this family and contributing as everyone should contribute, regardless of their age, even two-year-olds can can contribute. Oh my gosh. And it's like, and I find that even, I think, I think one of the things, and I, and this is from like the moms that I work with, even when their kids are real little, they're afraid to give them responsibility because they want things done in a certain way, or they think they can do it quicker. But at that age, when they're really young and they're so eager to participate and they're so eager to chip in, that's the time to get them involved. I mean, I have, you know, some tactics that I use with my teens, but like, it's harder to start when they're a teenager saying, exactly. Hey, now you're, it's time for you to pitch in than when they're younger and just letting them be a part of like what it takes. And like you mentioned chores, um, you know, for us, chores are, um, you know, what, just what we do as a family, um, they, they're not, we don't get paid extra for them. That's just what we believe. We believe that there are things that you have to do to contribute and that's okay to, to do that for our children. That's okay to say, um, you know, this is what we do as a family. This is who we are. We pitch in together. And, um, yeah, it's just, I've seen the kids just because of that, because of those small things that I've allowed them to do that I've entrusted them with, that I've given them the responsibility for, I've just seen them take so much ownership and the home we live in and who we are as a family and even how they represent us when they're outside the home. Exactly. When kids have a responsibility towards something, Mm -hmm. they claim it as theirs. Mm -hmm. They have no responsibility it's not theirs, you know, and that's, that's human nature. You know, I always tell parents with toddlers that when they're asking you to help, let them help yes. find something they can do because they'll stop asking you. If you go oh, to sure. play, I'll do it, play, I'll do it. Eventually they will not volunteer anymore. And why should they, they've mm-hmm. been turned down so much, you mm-hmm. know, it's, um, it's, it's so important to make everyone feel that they're part of the team. This is a team effort. We are in this together. So let's talk a little bit about what we, you believe, I believe are the key ingredients to a really thriving family and a thriving culture. Like, yeah, what, what's there? What's- well, the first thing uh, I have four things. So the first thing I would say was to, is to create the intent, the intention, which is the first thing that you need to do. And so for anyone that comes to my website or the, anyone that I start to work with, I ask them, um, or in my podcast, when people guest on my podcast, which you're going to be on my podcast, um, I say, what, what is your family? What is your family known for? Right. So determining what you want your family to be known for is key because once you can identify what's important to you, then you're able to make your decisions line up with that. If you've never named it, you're kind of just bumping around in the dark, hoping that something clicks. And that's really not the way to thrive as a family. Um, I would, and, and when it comes to intention, just recognize and stop yourself from doing things that have 
you know, stop doing things that have always just been done that way. You know what I mean? Like we, we, when we first start our own home, there's a tendency to want to do it the way it was in the house we grew up in. And so when you get married and you're in a relationship with another person, you have to decide what is it that we're going to do? We just can't keep doing things because it's the way our parents did them, or we just can't keep doing things because it's the way it's been done. And so to identify, Hey, I love what we did. I want to take this from my past. I want to leave this behind and, and, you know, don't settle for, oh, that's just the way I've always done it. Right. Right. And then as your kids get older, get your kids involved, you know, help them set the intention for your family. Some of the things that we talked about with when our kids were younger, we, we talked to them about it very similar to a brand. Like we talked about the different stores that we go to. What can you expect when you go there? Then we started to talk to them about the neighbors, our family, you know, our friends within our community. And I would say, when you go to so-and-so's house, what can you expect? And, you know, our kids would say, oh, she's got the best snacks. And she always lets us like hang out in the kitchen with her. And then I say, well, what happens when you go to this family's house? And they're like, oh, mom, the kids always argue and bicker and the nanny never stops them. Right. So they began to, they began to say, oh, well, I don't, we don't want to be known for that. And, and they were able able to say at a very young age, well, we want to be known for games and we want to be known for fun and we want to be known for having really, really good food, you know? So getting the kids involved and setting that intention up front, I think is key. I love it. Um, and then number two, I would say talk regularly. So if, like you mentioned already, the family meetings, you know, just like in an organization or a workplace, you would never think of starting a project without having a meeting. And these meetings keep us informed. They help us achieve our goals. They make sure everyone's on the right track for practically for a family that includes reviewing our schedules. You know, like we all have these crazy right. schedules. We need to be on the same page. You need to know, um, like, like for today, I can't, I can't be with my kids because I'm on a call right now. But so my, my daughter's taking my other daughter to the orthodontist. Like we need to work together exactly to make this machine work. Right. So solving problems, creating, creating expectations and setting goals together is a real big part of our family meeting. Um, and it also gives, um, you know, our, our family, a consistent place to check in with one another. How are we doing? What are we getting right? What are we getting wrong? I think that's so important, especially in this season when things don't look like they used to look like, um, especially in March and April, a lot of conversations around, Hey, like, what's working, what's not working, what do we need to change? Because they, everyone had a lot of feelings, right? Right. And again, if you're just going with the flow, I feel like you're going to, someone's going to get left behind, right? Right. And so where can we have a consistent place to check in with one another? Yeah. It gives accountability, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you decided. I know when I, you know, teach my parents about family meetings, let's talk about what happened last week. Did that work? Did that not work? Yeah. You know, if it didn't work, let's come up with some new ideas to get it to work and still resolve it. Yeah. You know, so you have accountability, like you say, mm-hmm. a safe space to, to speak mm-hmm. your mind. Yeah. You know, if you have something to say, it's a place that there is no judgment. There's no criticism. This is, you know, how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Let's talk about it. You know, yeah. nobody is over somebody else. There's, you know, everybody speaking respectfully and yeah. not at a person, but, you know, with a person and, yeah. you know, I, you know, and I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, another reason is because you should talk about things before they happen. You know, I, you know, I, when I, I'm talking to people about, you know, when they move or 
or they they make big decisions and I'm like what did you talk about it and they're like well no not really and you're surprised that your children are shocked by this yeah talk about it just like in a corporation Mm -hmm. you have a meeting about it plus it gives them a heads up on what's going on for the week yeah you know they got an idea of what's ahead yeah so it's enough yeah, and often yeah. organizations will have what they call a post-mortem meeting where they'll like go back and they'll be like, okay, how was that? That was a big undertaking. That was a big season we just came out of. Let's reflect on what worked. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. Exactly. What worked, what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so, that goes back to that sense of belonging, right? Yes. Knowing that it engages them and it creates a sense of belonging. It lets them know that like you're a part of this and we're moving forward together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I just cannot impress upon parents enough of how how that one strategy mm-hmm. goes so far with your family. And it's not something, guys, that you do once. This should be a weg- regular, I'll try to speak, a regular weekly meeting. Yeah. A regular weekly meeting. Yeah. Every week, forever. Don't stop. Yeah. I mean, they move out of the house. Then you go to their house now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Hi, I'm here. Let's have family meeting yeah. to be one of those. But <laughs> but I've had I've had quite a few kids like when I sit in my car for carpool and they'll get in the car and I'll say things like, Well, what are you doing for the holidays? Or what are you doing next week? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, but you're 14 and you've no idea what you're doing in three days. Because you I'm trying I mean? to say most parents, families don't do this. Yeah. When I introduce it to families, they're like. I've never heard of doing this, never yeah. thought of doing this, yeah. you know, and, um, and it, it's, it's so important. And, you know, when you get in uh, the beauty of it is like, you, you get your kids, like now my kids have kids and they're doing it mm-hmm. because they have learned from having it done when they were a family, you're like implanting those mm-hmm. family traditions. And one of them is the tradition of communication and mm-hmm. trust and respect for each other. And yeah, and you know what? It helps them create life skills as well. I mean, they're going to get into a school environment, a work environment where they're going to be able to need to participate in meetings, where they're going to be able to, um, you know, take notes, pay attention, uh, you know, even lead the meeting. One thing that we've incorporated as the kids started to get older, and, you know, I'm always a big fan of doing it before you think they're capable, because I bet you they're capable of more than you think. Oh, yes. So we started having them run the meetings. So each of our children, we rotate it with the chore chart, has a certain responsibility each week at the meeting. And so, and then, and then again, is like, it creates a sense of belonging. They're part of the meeting, but it also gives them the skills that they need, that they'll need in the future. And they're going to be that much more ahead when they get to college and they, they're elected the president of their sorority and they need to get up there and like hold a meeting. They're going to have Absolutely. experience with gaining people's attention, you know, and I think it gives them respect for other people. Once they know what it's like to run a meeting, they're, they're more respectful to us when we're trying to host the meeting. And so I think it just develops so many skills within them that just is incredible that they'll be able to take into the future. Yeah. And they become good listeners, which is so important for communication. I mean, if you're not a good listener, you're a lousy communicator, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's win-win all the way around. 
So and something you know, that builds on oh, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, when 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 parents first do the family meeting, I'll even tell them, I'll say, sometimes your kids will look at you like you're aliens and you're from Mars, yeah. and they have no idea why we're having a meeting. Yeah. But it's like I said, I will guarantee you by the second meeting, they're like all in because they yeah. have never had a place where they're they can speak their mind openly. They can come up with ideas. They can mm -hmm. feel that they are valued. And yeah. once they realize they have that, they'll run with it. Yeah. I mean, even when they were really young, we would keep them for the for one portion of the meeting, then we'd let them leave so my husband and I could finish the meeting. But we'd be like, who do you want to play date with this week? And they would tell us, right? Like they they new what do you guys want to eat this week what should we put on the menu like we're building those blocks and and very very young they can participate in these meetings if yes. they're old enough to say mommy i want to play date with so and so or mommy i don't want to eat that for dinner they can tell you what they want to do and so making them from a very young age know that like we want your feedback we want you to be a part of this and then think about the trust and the security it builds when they get that play date with someone they've asked for and when they get that meal that they that you said okay we're going to put it on the menu we're going to have it this week think about the trust that you build as they feel heard over and over and over and over again exactly it's so important mm -hmm. and even you know i'll even tell parents that have babies let the baby sit there put the baby in the chair mm -hmm and let them be a part of it. They can still hear, they can't talk. They're obviously, mm -hmm. they're not gonna voice their opinion or they will crying because they're hungry, yeah, yeah. but let them be a part. You know, don't be like, oh, your baby here, you go sit over here. <laughs> you know, then yeah. You've got to let them know that this is their family from the get-go, yeah. you know, and it will mean so much. Anyway. Anyways. We so can probably three. talk about that for hours. So number three is building on this idea of communication and the family meeting. We do, um, I think it's really, really important that we are able to give and receive feedback as a family. So for us, this goes beyond the family meeting. And once a year, we do a family retreat and it involves a 360 peer review which is exactly if anybody is in the workplace and has to fill one of these out it is exactly what it is in the workplace. It is an opportunity for everyone in the family to rate one another and give feedback on how they're doing. <clears throat> and there's, I mean, this is, this has just been an incredible experience for us. Um, for everybody that pr participates in it, it just creates self-awareness. It gives us insight into our strengths and weaknesses. It provides accountability. And then back again to this idea of it fosters this culture of openness where everyone feels like they have a voice and what they have to say matters. Right, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you do that. And, and people can do that on their own. People just, there's like a package you have. Yeah. So I created this resource. It's just a PDF download. It's in my shop. Um, it's a really, I mean, it's like $4.99, such a small price point. But, and then we, we have the paper version and we also have the digital version. So if you've got kids who want to be on their screens instead, they can just click on the link and they can fill out the form and then you can share the information together. But um, it's, I mean, it's essentially gives everyone, kids, parents an opportunity to talk about what they like most about the family, what they like least about the family, what it is that they need from mom and dad that they're not getting, which, you know, I, every year I'm surprised by what my kids write. Um, <clears throat> it also gives the siblings an opportunity to rate one another. 
It gives my kids an opportunity to rate me and my husband. It gives everybody, I mean, these forms are, like I said, just like you'd find in a workplace. It gives you the opportunity to be really open and honest and candid. And, you know, like we have one section where, you know, rating the sibling on a scale of one to 10, like, and we with these different attributes, like how comfortable do you feel sharing something with them? Do you feel like there's someone that you can trust? Um, do, do they have integrity? Can you believe them? You know, and they, and, you know, my biggest objection that I get from a lot of parents is like, oh my gosh, that would never work. It would just turn into a fight with the kids. But I have never experienced that. And right. either have the people that have, that have done it, but the kids are just so excited to share what they're thinking. Yes. And when have they know that your like, kids, they yeah. want to, they want to talk, have faith in your yes. children. Yes. And when they know that like they have a voice and they're able to share things with their siblings and then they know their siblings are going to share things with them. Like it's just something very, I hate to use this word, but it's magical. Like it really right. does create this incredible environment. And when we do this particular review, review we do it as a part of a retreat weekend. So if you download the packet that I've created, I have sample itineraries of what you can do with kids, activities, games, just all of the best tips and tricks about what you can do. But we will typically go to a local health hotel. We'll get a Groupon. We will find some place with an indoor pool, some place that's by a couple of good restaurants, maybe some mini golf, whatever it is. You know, we'll even do a movie night in there. And so we bring board games and we stagger the um the activities with fun, with fun stuff. So it's just like an offsite retreat. Like you've ever right. gone to an offsite with your company or with your organization, they take you away. You do all these team building, you get to know you have all these social hours, but then you're also okay. doing the hard work of sharing. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's so great. I love that you do that. And, um, and I was going to say something, but it left my brain. So you oh. can go ahead, go, 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 go ahead. <laughs> Um, and so what's fantastic about this is like year over year, we were, we are doing it. And so we're able to look back over the previous years and seeing where we've made progress. We've seen where we've made changes. Um, you know, the first year we did it, our kids were like, well, we hate when you bicker and we hate being late all the time. And you know what, we've been able to change it because you gave us something really tangible that you were unhappy about. And now we're never late anymore. Not never. I shouldn't say never, but it's changed. You know what right. I mean? We used to always be late. Now we're always either earlier on time and our kids, again, we, they, we, they've experienced them speaking up identifying something and us making changes, which has just given us so much credibility and trust in their eyes. And so year after year, we've been able to make improvements. And then what we like to do, and I just recently updated the packet with this is like six months in, you can go over the list and go, okay, where are we at on this? Like, how's the progress that we're making? Let's check in. Are we, are we helping you with this? You know, we identified this as something we wanted to develop in you. And are we doing a good job of that? How are you feeling about that? Like continue the process right. of growth, which, you know, I don't think like we shouldn't have to wait until we get into the workplace to have people that are willing to invest in and identify areas of personal growth for us. It should just be something that we've been doing all along. And I think when you give children that, I just think you really launch them and prepare them well. I, I love that. And it, it did remind me of what I was gonna say um, because at the end of family meetings, like I encourage um, parents at the end of their meeting to go around 
the family and let each person say something that someone else did nice for them mm. during the week. So, I mean, it yeah. could be, I really liked when, um, when Brian read to me and maybe Brian had no idea that, you know, his brother really enjoyed that. And you'll find them reading more because people love to know that yeah. they're appreciated. And it's a nice little thing to go around and it makes that person feel great. And it's things they never realized that, you know, and it can be about mom, can be about dad, any of the siblings. And I think it's really, I also like to end with gratitude because I'm a big gratitude person. So I like to go around and, yeah. you know, talk about what we're all grateful for. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really nice to build all that camaraderie and mm -hmm. all that um, and really tighten the relationship between mm -hmm. everyone, your family. It's, it's mm -hmm. just, it, yeah. it is magical and yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. And when a family really connects, especially one that's been disconnected, it mm -hmm. is truly magic. Yeah. So I have any last advice. Oh, we're, we're still on four. We did yeah, one four more, yet. one more, which would be, the, with the, so best, much. Which would be the best, best last advice. <laughs> go, go for four. It's <laughs> um, just to have fun together. I know that especially in the season we're in right now, you know, we, if we feel overwhelmed, the last thing we want to do is stop and have fun, but it's exactly what we need to release the stress that we're under. And it's such an integral part of building a strong family identity. It strengthens us and it strengthens our relationships. Um, that's why, you know, when you go to a conference, there's happy hour. That's why when you go on these off sites with companies, there's, you know, team building activities, creating and having fun together is just, you know, we don't want to be all about, you know, performance and improvement and, you know, doing all of these right things. We want to have fun together. And, you know, I find um, with older kids that even when they give you pushback, you just have to let them know that fun is not negotiable. You know, there's been times when we, they are like dragging their feet because they don't want to do something. And like, we're 20 minutes in and they're having a blast. Exactly. So again, like I, I mentioned earlier about getting kids involved with, um, you know, identifying who you want to be as a family, get them involved and like what it means to have fun. Like they get to choose what they want to do. They can pick the activity. They can even pick the music that they want to play. You can pick what, what they, what we eat together and, and if they don't want to choose, then you choose. And then eventually when they complain about it, you say, well, you can, you can choose, but you have to like speak up, you know? And so all of these little strategies, but don't give up on that. Don't give up exactly. on the fun part because that is, those are the things, yes, they're going to remember the culture, but they're really going to remember the fun that you guys have together and the memories that you have. Exactly. I, you know, it's like I end everything with laughter is the best medicine because it really is. Mm -hmm. And it reduces stress. And, you know, I'll give you a great example of, you know, teenagers reactions um, when we were, we go to the beach every year with family and um, one year, uh, and this was actually, I think was when the kids were in their like twenties and Ryan, my oldest stepson came with us that year. He hadn't been for a couple of years and um we have game night every night. We play game, family game. Could be charades, could be a board game, could be anything. Could be yeah. apples, the apples game, whatever that's called. And um, that my kids always make fun of me when I play. But <laughs> <laughs> we're like,
like it's game night tonight. And Ryan is like, no, I want to go out. I want to do whatever. And we're all like, you know, no, we're having game night. So Mm -hmm. he like begrudgingly joined into this game night and he had the best time. And the next morning he wakes up and goes, what game are we playing tonight? You know, so that was like (laughs) totally just, just have fun. Just force yourself Mm -hmm. to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know what? You can have fun with your family. Yes. Yes. You 100% can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any last words of wisdom for our audience before we say goodbye and send you on your way? Well, you know, the one thing I like to to say is, um, you know, there was a time when I used to get frustrated because I felt like I had all of these great ideas for my family, but I couldn't get my husband to get on board. Not that I couldn't, not that he was against what I was doing, but it was like, I waited around for a really long time for him to sort of drive that bus. And what I eventually realized and definitely look back on now and and try to encourage as many um, parents as I can, you as as a one person, whether you are a single parent, whether you just have somebody who just can't deal with like self-help, which I have some friends whose husbands are like, don't get me a self-help book. (laughs) This is just fine the way we are, you know. Um, You can impact the culture in your home by the small steps that you make over time. If something's really important to you, you can make changes in it. You know, like for years, my husband worked a lot of hours and that was, you know, whatever. It's what I signed up for. I understood what was going on. It was, you know, he was working for the family, all that stuff. But I was at home with the kids. And so from a very, very young age, um, I'd read somewhere that eating meals with your kids is as much about feeding them as it is about teaching them social skills. And so from the get-go, I started sitting down with my young child in their high chair and I would feed them and I would eat too. I wouldn't feed them while I was busy doing other things and then and then sit down for my own meal later or sit down, you know, with my husband, which he would always come home for dinner. Sometimes he'd eat at work. Um, But I committed to every day sitting down with meals for my children. And over time, it just, it's become what we do. And so I can look back now at all of those times that I sat down with them and that was building culture. You know what I mean? That was something that I could build on my own. And, and the way my kids, I often joke, my kids are such foodies now. And I'm just like, Oh, what did I do to myself? You know what I mean? Like like, that was because number one, we started cooking at a very young age, but number two was because we really did make mealtime and gathering around food a priority. And so they have such an appreciation for it now. And that's not to say that, um, you know, we don't, we don't need anybody else to help us, but we don't need anybody else to help us. We can build, if we find ourselves in a situation where it's just us, we can build our best family on our own, finding the little things that we can control, the little things that are important to us and just decide that we're going to take ownership of them and we're going to build them into our families. And so whether it's um, how we show up in our community, what we do around the table, it could be how we start our mornings. There are, there are small things that we can do. And I just do encourage people um, don't, don't give up because even if you're alone in this, you have such power when it comes to building your family. Absolutely. And, you know, on the note of getting a partner on board, that's not on board with you, or sometimes you're a single parent and you're living with your parents and your parents don't agree with what's Mm -hmm. going on. Guys, Mm -hmm. if you make the changes and you take action on your beliefs and what you want to do, Those people 
will see the change and see oh, yes, and they will join in because they'll be like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's rocking my world and I'm here with you. You know, yeah. I, I'm on board. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what voodoo magic you're doing, but it seems yes. to be working great. And they will yeah. start joining in simply because they're seeing the success, you know? Yes. And it's so easy for them to jump in once you've started that momentum. Yeah. And then you did all the other hard work, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. You are trying to reach your solution. Mm, well, Kimberly, yeah. it's been a joy having you on. And I know you and I could probably go on for hours and hours yep. to talk about this. And eventually all the podcast people would go, oh my gosh, stop <laughs> talking already. <laughs> and they would just click us off. So we have to yeah. end at some point. But it's good because now I'm going to go on your podcast and we can talk some more. Yes. So there's ne never too much talking. No. Um, but I really appreciate you being on Kimberly with us. So guys, uh, Kimberly, um, she is the founder of Build Your Best Family. And if you would just take a minute before we say goodbye on how they can find you, I'd yep. appreciate it. So they can, uh, you can find me at buildyourbestfamily.com. And I also write at kimberlyamici.com. And I love to hang out on Instagram. And you can find me at buildyourbestfamily and at Kimberly Amici. And I will also put the links in the description of the podcast, guys. So thank you so much for being here. Kimberly, thank you so much for being here, listeners. And we do hope you build your best family and you pump up your parenting and you really make your life the best life it can be for all of you. Because remember, we're raising adults, not children. And I wish you and yours days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. As we said, it really mm -hmm. is the best medicine. And we'll see you here next time on Pumped Up Parenting. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.